0: Welcome to God, yay or nay. I'm Noor Kidwai, your host. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This episode, I got Michael Oliver. This guy's from MAPS. That's a multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies. So we're talking a ton about psychedelics and I love it. It's a great podcast. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, I just want to uh, throw out a disclaimer, just in case if you guys don't know this already, just please, whenever you're using anything like psychedelics, please do them as safely as possible. These things aren't for everybody. Uh, If you do have like a heart condition or something, you probably shouldn't, should stay away from these or any kind of uh, like schizophrenia background or anything like that. Stay away. So do a ton of research, talk with uh, some medical professionals and all that stuff before you do this. The best thing about any kind of psychedelic is to prioritize safety and, uh, prioritize having a good trip. Because these things are, like, the one reason I talk about psychedelics a lot, I do believe in them. I do believe we can, um personally grow with them I believe we can solve traumas heal and become a better person and understand ourselves and the world a lot more and our connection to it so that's why I talk about psychedelics a lot I just want to ensure safety in every respects to that um but besides that i just want to say thank you to so many people for uh tuning into the podcast it's getting uh more popular uh, every week and i appreciate that just want to throw this out there if you want to support this podcast the best thing you can do at the moment is please go out to itunes or apple Podcasts, give it a good rating leave a message if you really like it and uh, this really helps out uh with me getting seen I do appreciate all the support, and without further ado, this week's episode, my guest, Michael Oliver. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. Today we have Michael Oliver from MAPS. Uh, This is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Michael.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, this is uh, I'm really excited for this uh, podcast because uh, psychedelics is something that uh, hits very home for me. I've actually been uh, working with uh, ayahuasca for the last uh, five years okay. and um, it's had a profound effects on me. But uh, maybe if you can give us a little bit of background into why you decided to join uh, MAPS and how you got into it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I've always kind of been fascinated with psychedelics for me since high school, which retrospectively might have been a little early on, but um, I I really saw cannabis as a a cool tool to use to explore the mind. And that kind of led me to explore other things too. So for me, my entrance into using psychedelics was about using them as like tools for personal growth. I suppose is kind of the best way to describe it. I mean, at the time I was just curious, but anyways, um, it didn't take many of these experiences to, to make me see how incredibly rewarding and potent they can be. And I was just amazed at everything that was revealed to me in these experiences. And so I, I, you know, I didn't necessarily know or see myself working for maps down the line at the time, but I just kind of let let that curiosity um, kind of naturally lead me in that direction. And in uh, university, I ended up leading a a psychedelic society. So it was a UBC psychedelic society. Uh, For three years, I was leading that. And that kind of got me got my foot in the door to a lot of the psychedelic communities that are in Vancouver and one of those being MAPS. And so I ended up being a volunteer for MAPS, uh, MAPS Canada, we're talking about here uh, for about like almost a year. And then, yeah, a job opened up. And then before I knew it, I found myself uh, working for them.
0: Oh, that sounds uh, amazing. So uh, MAPS, so a big part of MAPS is to actually uh, continue research into psychedelics, Right.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. The main goal for I'd say for Maps is, is kind of to legalize psychedelics, and I was just gonna say, yeah. So it's to legalize psychedelics and to do that by pr- pr- promoting and providing uh, research.
0: Okay, and uh, f- so now with uh, the research into psychedelics and uh, their effects on mental mental health, uh, what what's like the most promising uh, research we got out there at the moment?
1: I'd say like when you're talking about Maps in particular, the most promising research is with MDMA to help treat PTSD. And, and that's also – I say that because that's got the most support and also like the most money has been like put into that with MAPS in particular. So they're almost done phase three uh, trials now, which basically means like whenever you take any drug to market, you have to, it has to go through these clinical trials. And so there's three phases, uh, phase three being the last and final phase. And so it's taken MAPS you know, a long time, but they're finally at the stage now where MDMA is almost going to be able to become a, uh, a legit – Uh, drug to use for therapy
0: okay and uh, so with uh, PTSD and MDMA uh, like what kind of effects are they actually like showing Um, when it uh, like how it changes like uh, people's like actual uh, disorder with PTSD
1: yeah so with PTSD and and with a lot of other treatments when we're talking about psychedelics it kind of comes down to, to trauma and so if you think about PTSD Um, what's really happening there is there's there's some sort of trauma that someone's experienced right whether it's uh, you know being in witnessing some crazy event at war or maybe you know you can get PTSD from lots of things but you have this core trauma and so what they're showing with psychedelics is that a lot of the time when people have PTSD they have a hard time uh, reconciling with this trauma or this piece of history that they have and so psychedelics allow them to enter into this space and so when we're talking about MDMA it really allows them to to bring into their mind this trauma that they experienced but in a really loving way or I should say more so that it's they're in a loving environment like in their mind right MDMA kind of takes you to this empathogenic level where you're you're more accepting of things and just kind of open and in that space um when they bring their trauma into mind they're able to more effectively deal with the trauma and then become at peace with it
0: okay and uh have they actually shown any changes to like that your brain when this happens
1: I believe with, I won't be able to comment too much on the, the brain changes, but I know with MDMA in particular, like they've shown, honestly, that the most research that I've seen uh, on brain changes has been with focus, focusing on psilocybin, Okay. Uh, psilocybin for treating uh, depression. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to look more into the actual studies behind the brain changes on MDMA
0: okay yeah that sounds amazing so like now if somebody comes in to like do a therapy session with mdma like how does this uh, usually work uh
1: yeah so i think the because we're going through these phases and th- for these different clinical trials we it's very standardized so there's a very specific kind of uh set of procedures that they have to follow and this is going to be the same set of procedures that is followed when the drug is actually released and being used for therapy and so a lot of the time, the, the kind of traditional setup that is going on right now is you'll have two therapists, usually a, a male and a female, uh, per participant. So, yeah, th- in a lot of places, you know, you'll be set up in a, an environment that kind of resembles something like a living room, and a participant will come in there, and it'll be set up to be nice and comfortable and, and just kind of inviting for this person, like a, a warm, welcoming place. And the person will usually be wearing a blindfold and yeah, they'll be given the MDMA and with the help of the two therapists that they have, uh, it's not like they're meeting these therapists for the first time. Uh, A big part of the, the procedure with this is that these therapists will become friends and, and they'll have a, strong connection with the participant from before like weeks leading up to it so you really want to get to know the therapist and they'll develop that relationship and then yeah by the time you actually have the medicine session uh with mdma they'll yeah they'll be in a welcoming environment uh, blindfold on with the two therapists by their side to kind of help guide them through the experience
0: okay wow that uh that actually sounds uh, really cool so like uh yeah. do they usually do it like uh one like session with mdma or do like do they recommend doing a few or like uh does it definitely yeah. varies
1: i think it varies it definitely varies between the person i think we'll, everyone they'll, they'll start off with one but i but i really think that for most people they they start off with with kind of a, a battery of administration so you'll have uh two to three uh sessions with mdma around there like they'll there'll be a couple and then they'll kind of wait off and see how the participant responds to the the treatment
0: cool and uh all right, so, like, this is, like, a very different way of, like, healing than, like, uh, kind of, like, how our society and, like, maybe our even our medical system, like, looks at it right now. Um, totally. Yeah, so, like, uh, do you, is there a lot of pushback from that system at all?
1: Uh Yeah, I think so. Like, there's there's kind of a lot to be, we could go into here. I know, like, with, with big, like, a lot of people, what comes to mind when we, when we discuss this is big pharma. Uh when you're talking about something like psilocybin or or even MDMA what what makes these medicines so amazing is that they're kind of transformational in nature and and by that what we mean is just like they they contrast with traditional medicines that take years to to work and and are chronically used you know almost every single i know for a fact that every single medication that we have today for depression for example Um, like pharmaceutical interventions they're all require chronic administration so people are taking these day after day or week after week for years Um, and sometimes with with terrible side effects right so what psychedelics offer is medicine that can really transform someone's life because even just after one dose with something like psilocybin or a few doses with mdma um, you can receive really impactful transformational results and so there's a lot of money involved in the pharmaceutical industry right and unfortunately it is true um you know, you can make a lot of money off of chronic administration of drugs because people are constantly buying it, right? But when you have a treatment that comes in and can just do the same thing in one, one hit, there's there's not as much money to be made there.
0: Yeah, that's true. And uh, like you were saying, transformational. I think that's the big thing. I, I like I, I've experienced it myself, and like yeah. I've done it uh, with I. Uh, ayahuasca has kind of been my thing but like anxiety has been one of my things i've been battling with like throughout my 20s and like in my in high school as well and uh i really have just had so many breakthroughs with uh this that it's given me like trans a transformative experience that's lasted a long time afterwards and like i have a, i can deal with anxiety so much better now um do you do you have like uh, personal stories of like um any kind of uh, issues like anxiety or depression that you uh, like psychedelics helped you with a little bit.
1: I, I I'm still trying to piece together some of this for myself, but for me, like I mentioned earlier, like I, I started using psychedelics when I was kind of on the tail end of high school, just coming into university. And so for me, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that to try and tease them apart. But I, um, I actually found that when I was at the time when I first started using psychedelics it was my first year of university. I, if I'm looking at my whole life, like I can't say that I, I've never been diagnosed with any sort of mental illness, but uh, in my first year of, of university, I definitely was going through a really weird stage in my life where I don't know if it was j- just from the psychedelics, but I think it was also from, it, for me personally, it was when I was kind of getting into what I would maybe say like a spiritual path. I started reading Eckhart Tolle and all of these guys. Um, when my I read this book called I Am That by Nisargadatta oh, the, the <laughs> Maharaj. Yeah, I love just, that book. <laughs> it's insane. And, and, and a lot of these other kind of personal development books. Because like I said, I I started using psychedelics and and saw them as a tool for kind of personal growth. So that's kind of where I was at. And I did find that in my first year of university, I was at a really low state. Uh, I didn't really have any friends at all. I was kind of really retreating inwards and felt pretty lonely a lot of the time. And so I don't know if I could say that I was depressed or had anxiety, but I definitely was anxious and was sad a lot more than I I had been. And and yeah, I think it was kind of tangled in this experience of, of, having these really incredible experiences on psychedelics, which really like kind of catapults you into this other place that we really don't know too much about. And as a young guy growing up, like going from not seeing that to, to being fully immersed into that experience. Um, what I think I was missing was integration. Um, and you know, I, I wasn't taking that as seriously as I should have. And so I had these crazy experiences, but when I coming back into reality, back into school, back into my, just trying to be a normal person at university it's it was definitely maybe a a bit of a shock so for me uh yeah working through that whole kind of first year of school was was tough and I think psychedelics really helped me ultimately but at the at the start it was difficult and it almost kind of set me back in some ways.
0: Okay. No, I can understand that. And, uh, you said like integration. So like, uh, that's, uh, something that, uh, I think I should like throw out for the audience. Like this is extremely important when you're talking about any type of psychedelic experiences, like how you integrate that experience afterwards. Am I right?
1: Yeah, totally. That's exactly it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, do they, um, when it comes to the therapy, do they have any kind of special ways they, uh, do the integration?
1: Uh, I think it really – there's there's no – when it comes to integration, when we're talking about something, for example, like MDMA therapy, I won't be able to comment too much on the MDMA therapy because I don't know exactly what their integration uh, process is for that. But I will say for sure that there definitely is uh, – like really – that that's almost one of the most important parts of the psychedelic journey, and, and MAPS does see that as the case. So there it depends on the person, but there's always a lot of attentions uh, and lots of awareness given to that the post-period after a medicine session. And so uh, a lot of people are developing their own ways – to, to do integration because a lot of a lot of the work that's being done with psychedelic therapy at the moment is underground right so there's all these studies going on with maps but really most i would say most of the the healing that's being done is probably being done underground and so you have all these different therapists and people using different methods and i think everyone agrees that it's important to integrate but what, I, what whatever that word actually means i think is 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 hard to pinpoint because everyone kind of has different interpretations of it but um Yeah, like it's definitely. I would argue that it's the most important part. And if you don't have that, you can you can set yourself back.
0: I yeah I agree with that completely. Uh, One thing I've uh, noticed for integration that uh, I think really helps me is having some sort of like spiritual practice outside of it. Um, Mm. This could be meditation, yoga. I think journaling's a big one. Like uh, writing down your experiences and then like even keeping like writing in a journal like a lot afterwards because uh, sometimes the you can. an experience you can actually like uh realize what like what it really meant like months later and like like that's how profound these uh things are right
1: yeah i know it's amazing i'd be curious to hear about your integration with ayahuasca i've actually never done ayahuasca myself but i'd love to at some point hopefully this year or next year i don't know what's what's going to happen with all this stuff going on with covid but um yeah like what what through your experience with ayahuasca have you noticed integration uh being used as an like an important tool uh, with the therapist that you're using or the or the, the methods that you're part of
0: uh, yeah um well like a big part of our integration I think is uh like for me it's been journaling and meditation nice. afterwards because uh it's kind of like kind of keeping me in that uh, same space that the ayahuasca brings me to that space so when I meditate I can kind of get a little glimpse of it not Like, I'm back on the trip or anything, but, like, you know what I'm saying? I get a little taste of it, and it uh, kind of, like, reminds me of all the lessons that I learned because of that. Like, now if I have, like, uh, anxiety, like, which was a big thing I used to have, like, I can just kind of go back into my meditative space and kind of, like, uh, go back into it, and it really helps with that. And uh, with integration, um, keeping the journal for months and months afterwards, that honestly is – really helped me learn a lot about those experiences because sometimes i actually like go back into my head and like remember a certain part of that experience and like learn something just months later about myself so um yeah i think uh for both of those like ayahuasca like the integrations uh probably pretty similar to a lot of the other ones right
1: yeah cool yeah that's awesome
0: yeah. So um, you were talking about uh, like uh, reading like I am That and Eckhart Tolle and like uh, like a lot of spiritual growth because uh, I personally I think psychedelics. That's one other good thing about them. They kind of like uh, do have like a spiritual growth aspect to them. And I, I saw that you studied like uh, mind wandering and stuff uh, in yeah. the school. So like. Did you uh, study anything about like the impact of like uh, our me- like psychedelics on like actual like your mind like wandering or meditation like those kind of things?
1: I didn't personally do a lot of the research on that, but it was it was I was really lucky to be part of the the, the lab that I was a part of uh, during my time at UBC was called the Cognitive Neuroscience of Thought Lab. And so I was focusing on mind wandering, as you as you mentioned. Um, but it was really awesome because that was the only lab at UBC that also did do some pu- publish some papers on psychedelics. And so my good friend uh, Manesh, who got me actually into the helped me uh, step foot into the UBC Psychedelic Society. He also was working with this lab, and he has published along with the. The principal investigator of that lab, Kalina Kristoff, they've published some papers on uh, psychedelics, exploring the self, um, and that's that's ultimately really what interests me the most. When we talk about psychedelics and personal growth, I feel like a lot of it comes down to what type, what what psychedelics are doing to your your sense of self. And they have published this really cool paper that just looked at all the different kind of reports. It was a meta-analysis of different papers, different reports, looking at what were what are these subjective experiences that people are commonly reporting. And how, how do they relate to one sense of self uh, feeling during a psychedelic trip? Because lots of people know like everyone, some people will experience their, their awareness expanding, right? And becoming, some people say their awareness becomes infinite or ex- spreading out people's bodies, sensations can uh, morph and all, all these things are, are fascinating. So I, I've, I followed closely their work and I'm really interested just on a personal level, yeah, how psychedelics really impact the, the sense of self.
0: Yeah, I, and, like, I noticed with my earlier tests, or, like, not tests, earlier experiences with psilocybin, like, that even, like, brought me into the moment more, as you can say, or, like, um mm-hmm. yeah, like, it actually made me understand, like, what meditation is, to be able to, like, uh, keep your attention on something without your mind just, like, constantly wandering away, which, like, uh sometimes people don't even notice like how much their minds are just constantly wandering from one thing to the next. Right.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the time that that comes down to that sense of self again. And, and this is what's brought up a lot with Eckhart Tolle. And, and I think a lot of spiritual teachers, all, they all kind of point towards similar truths. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, you know, there's the thinking self, but then there's the awareness behind the thinking. And I think psychedelics really, uh, whether people are ready for it or not, or not sometimes just forces you to recognize the the true nature of of that relationship between the the thinker and then the aware the where the awareness behind the thinking mm-hmm.
0: yeah and uh, that's actually like uh when you're too identified with the thinker like i think like well, if you uh, take psychedelics <laughs> and you're too identified that can sometimes give you like a scary feeling because uh then you're yeah
1: like, totally.
0: yeah it's like a rapid losing of everything you thought you were almost right
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I would argue that a lot of the time when people have quote unquote bad trips, um, you know, they can come from a lot of reasons. But I'd say a lot of the time it's it's because people are um, coming into contact with that truth in some way. Um, they're recognizing, and, and it's uncomfortable, really. Like it's it's not a pretty truth to to confront when you might have experienced. Your only knowledge of yourself for your whole life. If if the only knowledge of yourself for your whole life is as being the thinking self, then confronted with uh, a reality that's that's different to that, it can be it can be scary. I think.
0: No, I hundred uh, percent can uh, see that. <laughs> it, it, it's very scary the first couple times you like try it out, right? <laughs> so uh, let's actually uh, talk about this. Um, I think, like, a common experience with uh, people on any kind of psychedelic is this, like, kind of connection with life or maybe nature, like, feeling that connection to everything. Like, these are common phrases people use, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Do you you see any kind of, like, uh, future with, like, psychedelics and, like, changing society or anything? Like, maybe when we talk about, like, tribalism or ideology or even, like, environmental, like, destruction, do you think, like, psychedelics might have some bigger purpose in that? Uh, Do you ever think like that?
1: Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, I think I'm, like, maybe a little bit... I could be a little overly optimistic about the role psychedelics will play. I I usually try hard not to be an uh, evangelist about it. I really... But like it's hard not to because I, I really just see so much potential with them and they've transformed my life and so many people I've talked to has just really transformed their life on the individual level. So I feel like there's no there's there's nothing saying that, that that can also extend to the collective societal level. So I really think that um I, I read Aldous Huxley's book The Island and in that it's it's a it's a it's a uh, fictious book about he has this kind of – basically, these people on this island have this a remote tribe. They they basically have psychedelics at the, at the core of their society. And he paints an interesting picture about what that utopia in his mind could look like. I don't know if we can ever reach that point or if that's even something that we should aim towards. But I definitely think that we can – psychedelics can play a huge role in just helping us to align what our true values are and also kind of showing – showing people the universality of certain, certain concepts surrounding truth, beauty, and just, and what's, what's right. And, and just how we, how we want to show up in the world. And yeah, I don't know if anyone really knows exactly how the best to do that. We don't want to put, you know, LSD in the water supply (laughs) and not, 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 not everyone also can, I don't think psychedelics are for everyone, but I think we should trust these experiences more and we should put we, we need to we need to shift the psychedelic experience from being a anti-social movement which is what it had originally been portrayed as and move it into the frame of a, of a pro-social movement because really psychedelics are pro-social and and that means they're pro-society i think at the end of the day so yeah i, I definitely i definitely think they're they have a tremendous potential to help us
0: yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. Pro society and pro social. Um, it is very true. I think I uh, uh, i actually remember hearing about research with uh, them giving psychedelics to different animals that aren't very social and they become social after taking. Oh really? So, yeah. I, I wish I remember uh, which animal it was. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, I have to look into that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's great. Uh, I do like. Uh, I do really think. Um, especially with like ideology and stuff like uh, one thing i noticed when i uh have taken um psychedelics it does actually like kind of make me like look at all the different things i believe in my life and just kind of like second guess them and just kind of go like oh like this world is so much more vast and so much like like more difficult to understand that all these like different kind of ideology especially these the divisive ideologies that are constantly around us right now um they just look at the world in such a narrow frame and uh, <laughs> and, and like uh psychedelics just kind of open you up and then you kind of see those kind of things and you they just kind of lose interest in me afterwards you know and i don't i, I really hope like that kind of like has some sort of like positive benefit now that uh i really do see psychedelics are kind of coming into a different age where you're saying like this pro-social pro-society kind of thing people are becoming more accepting and like i would love to see that like actually like make some big profound changes in the next like coming decades right yeah same so um can i ask you um if if you want to become a psychedelic therapist like how what kind of uh like what's the route to be uh, do this
1: that's a really great question because we we receive that a lot um, all the time. People are curious because, like you say, this is an emerging field and it's really exciting, and people want to know how the best way to get involved is. I'd say at the moment, it's it's unfortunately there there isn't really one path that we can we can best recommend uh, as maps. You know, map down the line, maps is hoping to be an organization that can provide provide training uh, for people. So down the line, uh, you can people can look out for that. Maps will be uh, providing yeah training for people who want to be involved in psychedelic therapy but i'd say at the moment um it really depends cuz cuz psychedelics like something that you were kind of alluding to just now with the ideology point is that you know psychedelics they they open up not only do they make things less narrow but like they also show you the connections between things and and i think anyone would agree that psychedelics the experience just brings in so many different aspects and so we're called the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies and i think that at the end of the day any any career with psychedelics really has that multidisciplinary aspect in the sense that there's so many different avenues to go down. And so I would just recommend people right now to, you know, if you have a certain passion for a certain area, like follow that and try and see what connections you can make to psychedelics because there's so many, this is just a blossoming emerging field. And, and just like with other types of medicine, there's, and I'd say even more so with psychedelics, there's, there's so much room to, to blend to, to blend different areas. Um, that being said, also at the end of the day, I, I think a psychology background is really useful. I think when if you're talking about becoming just like a, a psychedelic therapist it, uh, in the traditional sense, like if there is such a thing as a traditional sense of that word, um, psychology background I think will, won't do you any harm. It's always really useful to, to know and understand your own psychology as well as someone else's. And then furthermore, counseling psychology, that, that could be a really rewarding route to take. But yeah, I just don't want to tell people that, that that's the only route to take because there's, there's so many potential avenues.
0: Okay. That, that's actually really nice to hear um, that like uh, there's so many different ways that you can actually get into this and um, yeah, because it's still growing. And um, so how, how about uh, participating as like uh, in like a psychedelic therapy, like being actually the patient? Uh, is there possible ways to do that right now?
1: Yeah, so I'd say at the moment, the only legal way to do that is to be to, to participate in a, a study. And so I know at the moment that that can be really difficult. We, we get a lot of people interested in a lot of studies and and a lot of the time these fill up really quickly. So at the moment, Maps Canada um, is not looking for anyone to be part of a study. We've, we've already filled up those spots. Um, but, you know, that there is that recruitment process that does happen um, every once in a while when there's a new study that comes out. Maps in the U.S. also does the same thing. So th- that's the only legal way right now to really participate in psychedelic therapy. But as I mentioned earlier, uh, MDMA for PTSD that's going to be hopefully rolling out soon as uh, after phase three is finished um, as an actual therapy. And so for people with PTSD, they'll be able to apply for that type of therapy hopefully just by going to their doctor it should become slowly start to become a, a normal type of therapy. Um, and then one thing that's really interesting is that um, you know with any sort of medicine when, when something's past uh, phase three and becomes legal for certain use so when MDMA is going to become legal for PTSD, uh, that doesn't mean that doctors can't use it off label for other things. And so what we'll probably see is although MDMA is going to be legalized for uh, m- uh, for treating PTSD, doctors will be able to slowly use it for other things that they think it might be able to help. And that research has been shown to help uh, without necessarily having to wait for a whole other set of clinical trials. And so in that way, we're going to see uh, MDMA being used for maybe other things too, outside of um, just PTSD.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. Do you have any experience uh, with microdosing at all?
1: I have a little bit of experience, but I, I don't want to say I, I do really, because I, I've never done it consistently. And I think really to to, to see the from what I've heard and what I've read, to really see the benefits of it, you have to do it over a long course of time. But I have taken micro doses um, before, but yeah, it's just never been like consistently.
0: Okay, and like, does Maps have any uh, like association with uh, microdosing, or do they even promote that or study it at all?
1: Um, I would say we don't. That Maps U.S. and Maps Canada don't have any studies regarding microdosing at the moment, um, and so we can't really say that we promote it. Um, but i also wouldn't say that we we don't promote it i think there's there's lots of exciting science coming out and at the end of the day maps is an evidence-based organization so we just recommend people to you know look at what the evidence is for certain things and i think there is growing evidence and growing um acclimation now for microdosing and what it can do
0: okay Uh, very cool um all right so let's talk about uh yourself like your personal experiences like uh with uh psychedelics so you were saying um like uh, psil- psilocybin and uh, LSD is kind of what uh, you're most experienced with. Like, what else have you uh, kind of tried?
1: Uh, to be honest, that's that's the extent of my uh, psychedelic experiences. I mean, if you, I don't know if you count cannabis as the next psychedelic. I yeah, think I in some, so, yeah. some some doses, I I sometimes do count it as one. Well. But uh, yeah, other than that, I've I've had what I would call kind of psychedelic experiences with cacao, but that's kind of a, m- a more general medicine. So yeah, I the, my main. Uh, cacao is just like the kind of like raw form of, it's like similar to what you, you get with chocolate bar, um, but it's like in its rawest form. Cacao is a, is a medicine and it's, um, it's, yeah, a lot of the time it can be taken in different forms. The, 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 in the ways that I've taken it have been through uh, ceremonies, so about like 30 people. Um, I, I know a couple that runs these ceremonies um, and they do that about once a month. And, yeah, everyone takes uh, – it's almost like a hot chocolate little brew um, that's that's made. And I, we combine this with breath work, and it really creates a really interesting uh, and inward experience that I would say is, is pretty psychedelic, even though the, the medicine itself is is a lot more gentle than anything like LSD or, or psilocybin. Oh,
0: very cool. Um, do you have experience with uh, breath work as well?
1: Uh, I, quite a bit, yeah. So w- when I'm doing uh, the cacao ceremonies, which I've done, like, Five, four or five times now it's always been done with breath work and then outside of that I've done some like Wim Hof breath work uh, for cold immersion And then I've done some uh, just other like breath work friends that friends of mine that uh, offer breath work they, I've kind of done some one-on-one sessions with them and they, they offer their own kind of method and perspective so I've done a bit of that too uh, are you also a fan of breathwork?
0: Oh, man. Uh, so I've been doing uh, Wim Hof almost every day for the last really? year. Yeah, for the last year. It's uh, one of my favorite things. Um, uh, uh, people, fast- yeah, people don't know what uh, Wim Hof is. Uh, this is this guy, uh, I can't even remember. I think he's from Poland or something. But uh, he does this breathing exercise. You breathe in uh, basically like 30, 40 times, take big breaths, breathe all the way out. And then when you breathe out, you hold your breath. And you can like hold your breath for almost three minutes. And then you take another deep breath in and uh, this just like completely energizes your body. It's so good for like your mental health and meditation and just like, um, and then you combine it with cold therapy. So I usually uh, try to do it with cold showers. So uh, how long have you been doing it for? Uh,
1: I haven't been doing it for that long. It's honestly, it's just been something that I've kind of started recently now that I've been in quarantine. I've been looking for kind of new new hobbits and things sorry yeah new hobbies and things to try so it's just been something that i've been doing in the last couple weeks so i'm just starting to feel like kind of the consistent benefits of it
0: oh awesome yeah i remember when i first started like the first month or two um (laughs) you it almost could feel like a little bit like a mushroom trip when you like really get into it like quite a bit you come yeah totally yeah your mind's (laughs) just like whoa like this is amazing um i do love this like breathing and like psychedelics meditation like the one thing i do love about it like it brings us back to our bodies right like totally. uh, and like how you were saying before like we have that thinking self and then we have that awareness behind it and um yeah and like almost like when you're trying to come back to your body it's almost like living your life through that awareness behind it and this it's so much more your authentic being and like um i've noticed like when you're living like that towards people people actually are more resonant with you like they actually like uh mm-hmm. they connect with you a lot deeper and like uh they sense that authenticity off of you
1: <laughs> yeah i know that i totally agree it's amazing to step into that and like yeah the social benefits are incredible you can you can tell your social interactions just improve a lot and like you say, people are kind of drawn to that energy that you can inhabit when you're you're following these practices.
0: Mm. And you know what I I always thought about, like, now, like, uh, with all these practices and, like, now I'm seeing them come in, like, mainstream and I'm really, like, I really do have, like, a kind of an optimistic uh, uh, vision, like, kind of like how you were saying you do. Like, I'm always wondering, though, like, how our society and, like, the capitalistic way is going to, like, react because Mm -hmm. that's another thing that uh, I think psychedelics and a lot of these spiritual practices uh, do, they make you... Way less uh, capitalistic, way less uh, materialistic. That's probably a better word to say, right? You find yeah. you find value into uh, value in stuff that makes you grow into like yourself and natural relationships. Like these things, all of a sudden, give you more value than like what we find uh, uh, value in right now as a society. Like, do you ever see like uh, maybe some sort of backlash? <laughs> um,
1: I I feel like there's definitely conflicting. Uh, ideologies at play here and like you say when you take psychedelics a lot of the time um, with along with that sense of interconnectedness kind of comes that dismay almost for for capitalism or as you uh, more notably said like materialism and yeah i think i i don't really see psychedelics you know re, revamping our entire system and i don't even know if that would be wise like capitalism definitely has its its flaws but i think at the end of the day like it also has Really created quite a quite a wonderful society that does function to a large extent pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, albeit there are like, definitely flaws. Don't get me wrong, but, but yeah, I, I hope that psychedelics can maybe bring some consciousness into that capitalism, and so we'll we'll see more conscious capitalism instead of um, a lot of what we have now, which seems to be kind of driven by really low what should I say, like lower, almost lower brain uh, needs, you know, like it's just kind of running and it's this train that's just moving super fast towards, uh, it's, it's fueled by greed, I think a lot of the time, mm-hmm. uh, the current capitalism society. So hopefully, yeah, psychedelics can bring some some consciousness into that
0: yeah okay and i agree with you like uh you're right capitalism uh definitely has done wonders for our world so i'm not uh, saying it like that but uh (laughs) i do agree like uh i think a lot of our system right now does run on like a kind of greed and like um like how a lot even like if you look at the stock market like the shareholders we put our value in like actually uh increasing like monetary value on our shares like in each quarter kind of thing But, like, uh, hopefully we can bring some consciousness into it, like you said, and, like, we can actually value some other stuff, like, um, actually giving people, uh, like, more well-being as a society and, like, put people, uh, yeah, above profits in, like, a lot of different ways. So, um, yeah, man, that's uh, that's actually wonderful. (laughs) Yo, so this is the name of the podcast, so I got to ask you this. Uh, You can answer it any uh, way you want, but uh, God, yay or nay?
1: (laughs) god god yay i'd say
0: okay nice uh so how do you uh, i was wondering like how do you look at uh because i guess like you're a very spiritual person by like myself so that you kind of think in a more of a consciousness kind of way or what
1: yeah it's both so i i um i grew up as a christian uh went to church camp and all this stuff went to church once in a while so like i kind of have that had that background but then in uh towards the end of high school or in high school i kind of flipped to being an atheist and I was pretty proud about how I had used reason to overcome uh, my faith I guess but uh but yeah now uh, it's kind of the pendulum has swung back again and for the and for the most part and for the last like most I don't know like since I graduated high school like I'd say that yeah I definitely I mean psychedelics have a- almost confronted me directly with what I what I conceptualized in my mind to be god and in some ways I think god is uh, within all of us, uh, I think it's a God is a state of being that uh, a lot of people in different religions experienced. A lot of prophets um, and these figures, religious figures, experienced a state of being, which I think really comes down to what we were talking about earlier, which is just the awareness behind the thinker. I think a lot of it is tied to that, and I think there's there's a lot more to it than just that. I think enlightenment is a thing. Um, I think that there's an interesting relationship between those two, and and at the end of the day, I think yeah, God is a state of being that we can, can all access in some ways if we if we choose to, and and yeah, so I guess I see it more in more in a spiritual way. I don't really think there's a, a specific one God that's up there in the sky, but um, it's a it's a energy field, it's a force, it's a feeling, it's it's something that we can all kind of tap into.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, man. But, that's uh, honestly, I think we're on like a very similar line, even when, yeah, yeah even when you you were like an atheist at uh, <laughs> university, honestly, that's exactly what happened to me. I, I, I went into university, uh, I was, I started reading a lot of like Dawkins and Hitchens and like stuff <laughs> like that, you know, and you became like the, the cool atheist, like, oh, I don't need that, uh, any of that uh, woo-woo in my life, <laughs> but uh, no, it's true, and then like, um, I, I think there was, like, a struggle of trying to find a little bit of meaning in my life, uh, after, uh, university ended, um, and also trying to, uh, like, yeah, when, when I did do some of these psychedelic experiences, and they just blew my mind, and just kind of, like, completely opening up myself to, like, oh, wait, like, there is something more, and, uh, yeah, then, then I did get into spiritualism, I, like, I Am That is a big, uh, influential book in my life, um, Eckhart Tolle, definitely, and, um, yeah i i've definitely checked out a lot of the different spiritual library and like uh, and honestly it's opened me up and like i do believe in that like there is something like deep in us that's just completely connected like connects all of us and like we can all of us can tap into and how you said like an experience yeah man i fucking 100 (laughs) percent on board with that (laughs) so uh, what what how about for you uh um what's your plans for the future now? Um, like I know we're in quarantine and everything uh, what do you what do you see yourself uh, doing with maps or even outside of maps in the future
1: um, it's a good question because I, I just graduated like a couple of weeks ago I had my last exam so I'm kind of going through a bit of a transition now trying to look ahead and, and answer that question for myself but i definitely love maps and and for me it, it's a it's a dream job in a sense and so i i really am i'm i feel really grateful to be able to do this work and i'm I'm happy doing it so i love to kind of s- stick with that i'm, I'm definitely going to be um doing yeah like i don't want to say anything for sure but i, I know that i'm I'm going to be uh working with maps for the next year because i just signed a, a contract with them again um and i'm really stoked about that i've also i'm starting a, a psychedelic clothing brand with my sister we started it uh, last summer and so I've been working on that quite a lot um, and then also I'm, I'm also a uh, musician and so I've, I hope that I, I hope that moving forward I can just keep keep living keep doing what I'm doing and hopefully have time to, to, to work with my sister on this business and then also have time to, to get better at guitar and, and play hopefully play music for people I'm also trying to get into production uh, music production so yeah I don't know want to be artistic. Um, And I want to be loving. Honestly, I want to be love as much as possible. I was talking to my friend the other day about just certain goals that we have uh, and looking forward into the future, what type of goals we want to set for ourselves. And we had this interesting kind of, not a debate, but just we had a point of uh, contention where we're kind of contrasting really tangible goals with more intentional goals, um, just like ways of being and ways of showing up in the world. So uh, in terms of tangible goals, those are those are some of them. And then, and then intentional, I, yeah, I'd like to to just be loving and more, more present, I guess.
0: Yeah, man, uh, loving and more present. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and loving and like you have to like open that up in yourself. It's, it's something you have totally. to, keep, yeah, you have to keep coming back to it, and you have to kind of almost put in that effort to like, or at least intention. Like you have to have that intention mm-hmm. of like, hey, I want to be loving. Um, so that at least your mind when it's wandering at least it can come back to like hey this is like what you want and like you know and come back to that love but it's a really good thing
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely and for me it also connects back to what we were just talking about too with God I think like now when I think of God I almost equate God to love in some senses and I really think God is love and God is the essential the essence of love and so in a way my my desire or intention to, to be love is also, I guess, a desire to connect with my sense of God, or I guess you could say, develop my religious practice. Um, but you know, it's more of a spiritual practice, but, but yeah, I think that's, that's also part of it too.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually like, um, so the first time I did ayahuasca, I, um, I felt a gratefulness for the first time, like an actual, like intense feeling that just emanates throughout me, like in a loving way. Like, I, like, I think, uh, love has these states and like, you know, it can have a bunch of them, like joy and gratefulness. It's just like different flavors of love almost. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I felt gratefulness, but like how you were saying with, uh, like integration, like, uh. I had to, like, uh, learn to keep coming back to that feeling of gratefulness and just, like, learn, like, how powerful that is. Like, it's just such a nice way of being. And um, totally. and it just, like, helps you in, like, every part of your life. Uh, because, like, when you're grateful, how your mind um, looks at the world and how it, like, actually interprets the world around you it's completely different than when you're in a shit mood or even just in a neutral mood right you can just (laughs)
1: yeah
0: no so like uh when you're saying like um be love like uh I'm just, like, even saying this for the listeners, like, so some people might think, like, oh, someone's saying being loved, they might just think that's a little bit, like, okay, like, what, what does that mean, right? But it's true, like, when you have that feeling, and sometimes psychedelics can really give you that feeling for the first time if you never felt it, but when you have that feeling, you realize that it's something you can, like, actually connect to constantly and you should try to uh, keep coming back to it and not Mm -hmm. saying that like uh, you do it and you're 100% going to be loving for the rest (laughs) of your life because if there is work you have to have that intention Mm -hmm. to keep coming back and that's why we have these spiritual practices so what you want to you said you want to try ayahuasca anything uh, else you were that's in your uh, wheelhouse
1: yeah I guess so I mean at the end of the day I I honestly I kind of like the saying uh, you know try everything at least once and maybe that's maybe that's not true for everything but uh i'd love to just explore a lot more of these states i mean uh yeah uh, i've never tried peyote i'd love to try that ayahuasca dmt 5meo um i've heard a lot of crazy things about 5meo and i don't know if i'm part of me feels like maybe i i have to wait a little bit for that i don't know i think it'll happen naturally when i'm when i'm called to do it but i'm not really feeling called to do those yet but ayahuasca i've kind of felt a little bit of a of a draw to that and so yeah honestly like I'd love to try all, all of these different plant medicines and see. I'm really c- curious and excited to see what different personalities they have because I know from I've done uh, mushrooms and an LSD quite a lot and both of them have their different flavor like you were kind of mentioning. Uh, they have a different personality almost and I and I'd love to get to know <laughs> some of these other personalities too. I've I've heard uh, ayahuasca is kind of considered the grandmother medicine and so I'm sure there's a there's a really yeah i mean i can't say anything because i've never tried it so i really don't know but uh, i'm sure you could kind of elucidate to that a bit what the personality of ayahuasca is like
0: uh yeah so the personality of ayahuasca i would say uh, yeah grandmother they always say it's like a feminine energy and i think yeah. i've uh, kind of always got that feel to it yeah like i don't know they, they they always say mother i always find it very loving in the sense that um it, it's like uh it has like a discipline thing to it so like it will like give you some like a tough experiences once in a while like if you need it but it's also has this like very loving side to it that like uh it can kind of feel when you're like really afraid and not ready to like actually go down the healing process fully and it would kind of like hold back so it does have this like i've noticed yeah no I've, i've noticed for people who do it their first time most people have, like, a very tame um, experience their first time uh, just because, like, you know, you're going into something, you're completely unaware of what it is. Um, you're scared probably because you've heard probably thousands of different stories. So a part of you is, like, a little bit frightened. And, uh, yeah, so, like, I know a lot of people, like, the first time they go in and they have this fear. But the ayahuasca usually is, like, as it gives them a very loving, uh, gentle uh experience the first time they do it and then like the second time is usually when like uh,
1: <laughs> shit, shit yeah yeah and
0: uh, that's when the healing comes so like um, yeah like you were saying like a lot of these psychedelics uh when it's healing they bring out that trauma so you can actually like um almost like kind of go through the trauma again and like kind of dissociate from it uh, is that a good way of explaining it
1: yeah, I'd say so, for sure.
0: Yeah, so, like, uh, yeah, usually it's the second time where I see most people have, like, the biggest effect. And, like, with uh, psychedelic, you also, or with ayahuasca, you also purge, so uh, the second time is usually a big one where people, like, end up uh, vomiting a lot, too, just because, uh, it, it's like, the body's kind of getting rid of, uh, I guess, like, a lot of stuff that uh, you don't need anymore, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But, uh, no, I recommend, I honestly, I recommend ayahuasca to anyone who... Uh, Wants to like go down this path of like any kind of psychedelic, and like honestly, it works us uh, for like not only like uh, trauma, like for spiritual growth, for creativity. Like, um, you said you're into music and stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> do you feel like, uh, this uh, like um, psilocybin and LSD kind of help you with that a little bit?
1: It's hard to say. Like, I've never made, I can't say I made really great music on them at the time, but I know that they that both of those and cannabis too, like, definitely get get my kind of creative juices flowing in interesting ways and i think I've, I've definitely had lots of awesome inspiration for when i want to then go ahead and write music after the experiences so yeah i'd say it's harder to pinpoint exactly how they help but i'm sure that they've they've influenced me in a, in a beautiful way
0: yeah no they definitely uh i <laughs> yeah i i think they do i, I with ayahuasca i've always uh, think uh i became a much better writer because of it
1: <laughs> oh really cool yeah
0: yeah and and like a hey, like also like uh it helps me like
1: it helps. does it help like, your stand-up you you're yeah. a comedian right yeah. and you do stand-up right yeah
0: yeah yeah uh but yeah, I, like I think it, it it helps me be more authentic like i was saying like a lot of it uh, a lot of stand-up also is um people like uh wanting to like if you're authentic people like you more and they connect with you more so i mm-hmm. i think for me like uh ayahuasca that, and like with meditation and breath work and all this stuff has definitely helped me be a lot more authentic on stage and just like comfortable with myself. And, um, that I, like, I just hundred percent see like a bigger connection with people. And like, cause I can tell, like I'm on stage, I can see people in the audience. Like I can actually tell like when people are engaged and when they're just like, Oh, like I can feel it, like I can feel it off of them. So I, I think, uh, psychedelics and med- med- meditation and all these practices, uh, help with that. And also finding, like, your own voice, too, because, uh, that's the other part of, uh, stand-up, uh, is kind of having your own voice, like, what you want to say, and, like, hey, I'm still in the process, of, so I'm not saying, like, I've totally found my voice, this is, uh, definitely a journey, and, um, yeah, psychedelics has definitely helped me, like, uh... Get onto that process of like now, like I'm actually like this last year, I'm starting to write a lot more of like what I actually feel inside, and like I'm I'm really actually becoming a lot more proud of my work uh, because of that. That's amazing. Yeah, man. It, have, have you had some uh, difficult trips on uh like psychedelics ever? or like Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and no, absolutely. I think my my f- my first trip on mushrooms was was good, but my. Uh, second trip on mushrooms wasn't very pleasant, and my also my first my first uh, trip on LSD wasn't very pleasant at all. Um, I remember this is just a, a prime example of a ba- bad setting and bad set, um, and maybe bad dose. I can't remember exactly what the dose was, but I, this was back when I first tried LSD. I, my friend thought it would be a good idea to, for us to go to a movie uh, theater, so we went to go see Thor. I think it was Thor Ragnarok or something in, in theaters, and I just remember... <laughs> going into the theater and then just being like teleported like into the movie How and then I, I had then I had no idea like then all of a sudden like neck the next second later the movie was over and I was in the theater just by, like me and him and there was no one else in the theater and there was these two people like kind of pointing at us and then we had to like then my friend made us feel like we had to leave and like we we're in a hurry to go somewhere I don't know and I couldn't speak very well and I don't know it was just it was a it just went downhill from there and yeah, I, I really learned a lot from that because that was obviously an irresponsible way, I would say, to, to use LSD. Really, you want to be doing it with someone you really trust in a place that you really feel safe and where there's not a lot of um, outside distractions or outside influences, right? You don't want to have these anomalies, like different energies that you can't really predict. And so, yeah, that was just. A- <laughs> learning experience and that was just yeah not the best trip <laughs> Yeah,
0: had to go watch thor it was <laughs> <laughs> i guess you could have like uh, there's worse movies than thor i guess like, of course, for, like yeah. you went and watched a horror movie which had to just probably send you down the deep end no tell me
1: about it the other the, a while back i had a really crazy exp- this wasn't even this was pretty recent too i had a really crazy experience with uh edibles and that was just also a bad move and I it it actually brought me back to my that experience I just shared with the LSD and Thor because it was just like I'm here again I thought I learned my mistakes why did I why (laughs) am I doing this which movie was that sorry you cut all the Joker oh the The Joker Joker. yeah 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 yeah. first I'm seeing it and even just without being on anything I feel like that is a pretty creepy and heavy movie and yeah cannabis just made it even heavier <laughs>
0: yeah um honestly uh with like cannabis and like edibles like i just stopped doing them just because that's such a hard thing to like predict I, I've, I've done it where i took like uh like somebody just gives me a brownie or something i'm like all right and you take it and it's just like whoa yeah. this is intense. <laughs> like i found like those bad trips on like uh, cannabis like I, I just stopped taking it just because of that like uh, I, I don't find any like I don't know. Do you ever find like when you take a, a edible on cannabis, like you find any therapeutic purpose to it, or kind of like for me, like if it if it's a good dose, it's it's fun, but if it's a too big of a dose, it's just it's hell.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I totally agree. Like I think the dose is just like with any other psychedelic, it's really important to have a good dose. And I think yeah, with, when it comes to edibles, it's hard because you know unless you really know and you're using a consistent source of edibles, it's hard to say exactly what the dosage is so it's always important to like start small and work your way up and and yeah like if you get a big dose i think it's hard to have a good time uh and it can really kind of spiral outwards uh, in a bad way but i think if you get the dose right i think lots of people including myself uh i've had some good therapeutic experiences with cannabis uh with edibles oh
0: wow really um yeah can you expand on that a little bit more
1: yeah yeah for sure i mean they they've been well like i say for me i've never had like when I say therapeutic, I guess it, for me it is kind of always tying back to like personal growth, and and I, I kind of measure that in terms of like maybe insights gleaned or like mm-hmm. uh, just se- like what sort of um, areas of my mind am I able to explore more and stuff like this? Because it's not like I'm treating any sort of a mental illness that I, I have like a discrete and mental illness, but yeah, with with uh, edibles, like I've had really lovely experiences where I even just like like listen to an album that I really like and just kind of go on a journey with some music and and really it allows me to go really inwards and um, creativity helps me a lot. I, I've definitely noticed uh, uh, cannabis helping me with music and, and writing too. And and yeah, mostly just as a tool for kind of exploring. For me, cannabis really oftentimes helps me set my, it's like a quick way for me to figure out what's in alignment and, and what I need to prioritize and, and just really helps me kind of take take stock of my of my life i guess in some ways without going fully into like a a psychedelic experience like mushrooms or something like that
0: oh yeah i think you explained it really well that's uh that is very cool all right man well uh this is pretty much an hour um thanks so much for doing this uh maybe you want to give people an idea where they can get a hold of maps uh and um also yourself if you have anything you want to promote maybe your clothing brand
1: or anything sure i really appreciate that yeah like map for maps you can uh, reach us at mapscanada.org, um and you'll be able to find my contact info there for maps as well as um mark caden's contact who's the the founder and and director of maps canada um also lots of really awesome resources on there we also have youtube instagram you can find us at maps canada um for myself if you want to uh, check out what I'm doing personally you can follow me on instagram at manifest it man uh, underscore so manifest underscore it underscore man I can send that to you if you want and yeah. then for, um, the clothing uh it's the underscore flying sage uh the flying sage is the brand and and that again is a uh, basically conscious uh psychedelic apparel
0: oh that's so cool uh, so what kind of uh, apparel is this like is it like kind of like has like a psychedelic feel to uh, the clean? yeah
1: yeah totally so our goal with it is to try and bring uh festival wear and try and bring it into streetwear so the goal of it is to be a streetwear uh brand but we're trying to basically allow people we're trying to tone down traditional psychedelic apparel and make it more sophisticated and kind of modern so people can represent uh their 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 yeah the value that they've received from using psychedelics and kind of show that to the world without being blatant and like a lot of psychedelic clothing is like all like in your face and like uh fluorescent and stuff we're trying to make it more sophisticated and modern so oh that's uh, yeah a good
0: gonna, idea i love it all right i'm gonna uh, definitely put all those links I, in uh, i can
1: also have a discount code for all your followers too so if they do want anything uh on there um they can get like 15 percent off
0: okay oh dude i appreciate that so much and i know my followers will uh, as well uh, all right uh thanks uh, man uh you have a good one
1: thank you i really appreciate that so much
0: Hey, everybody, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I appreciate the support. The best way you can uh, support this podcast is by going on to Apple or iTunes and rating this podcast. Um, If you give it a good rating and leave a nice comment, honestly, that's the best way to do it. Uh, Please check me out on Instagram or uh, YouTube under NewerKidY. I'm constantly going to be sharing clips of this podcast and also uh, telling you when new episodes are out and sharing a little bit of my comedy. So thank you so much and uh, tune in to another episode next time on God Yay or Nay.